But today, Jesus is telling us our identity. He's telling us that we are salt and that we are light. And so what do those identities mean? And where is Jesus saying that those are our identities? Well, this snippet, it's only a few verses, it's only three verses of Matthew's Gospel, is right after he starts the Beatitudes. It's right after he gets done saying the Beatitudes, and then we have, you are salt and you are light. So that's the context that Jesus is preaching to. It's the context of what we are salt and light for, the kingdom of heaven. And so what, when we look at salt, when we look at salt, what is salt used for? Well, salt is used for preservation. Before modern refrigeration, it was the only thing that could preserve stuff other than ice. But salt was meant to, and now it's meant to even preserve meat. We still use it. And other things. And so this real sense of it's to preserve. Well, what are we, in being salt of the earth, supposed to preserve? We're called to preserve peace. Preserve peace. In every situation in our life, to be peaceful. To be the one in any given situation, to be the one that preserves peace peace. And how do we do that? I don't know if you realize this. In the Mass, peace is mentioned like over seven times. Peace be with you and with your spirit. My peace I give you. My peace I leave you. Go in peace. Let us share a sign of peace. All of those times we mention peace, that's what our heart longs for. And it's offered to us by Jesus. A peace, as Jesus would say, the world cannot give. But how do we, in our own life, stay peaceful? It's to look at Jesus, who, condemned to die, the most innocent of all, condemned to die, stayed peaceful. In whatever agitate us, in whatever injustice we have in our life, some of it we deserve. Some of it we absolutely don't. But if we look towards Jesus, who when he's being condemned to die, is resolute in staying in the Father's love, in the Father's mission, regardless of the situation around him. And so we draw strength from Jesus. And that's the peace that Jesus gives us as his disciples, as the salt to persevere and to preserve in peace. What's another thing that we can do in the world to, to be, this, be this salt? Speak gracious words. To simply say good things and not negative things. As my father would say as we were growing up, do we build up or do we tear down? Are we building up or are we tearing down one another? 
especially in our own community here as believers, but even at large in the community. The very early church was known because of how they loved one another. How they loved one another attracted the fallen world to say, what's different about them? Why are they joyful? Why do they talk well of each other? That's what attracts. And so in our own life, to be able to be salt, in order to speak words to build up, to respect the dignity of whoever is in front of me, and to say good things. And then Jesus goes on and he says, you are the light. You are the light of the world. Well, how are we light? How are we light? Well, in baptism, we're given faith, hope, and love. So we're light in that way. But Jesus is really keen on this. Your light must shine before others that they may see, see, your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The phrase there is see, which is what takes us back to the first reading. Share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. And do not turn your back on your own. Then your light will shine forth like the dawn, and your wounds shall be healed quickly. The disposition of our hearts in Jesus is once when we see something, we have to act. Because as much as I think good thoughts, as much as I, whatever goes on up here, right, my attitudes, my virtue, all that up here, my dispositions, all of that can't be seen. Nobody knows what goes on up here. I don't even know what goes up. No, okay. But in our actions is where we're seen, is where we're known. We're only known through what we do. St. Paul even says that, right? I'll show you the faith that undermines my work. Why I do what I do is because of faith. It's an active faith. And it's because of faith I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And so to be that light in doing, not just knowing, but doing, to clothe the naked when we see them, to help the homeless when we see them. I came across Facebook the other day, a a phrase that said, you know how we can always talk ourselves out of giving something to the homeless because we're like, oh, I'm not sure what they're going to use it for. giving them something or not giving them something doesn't say anything about their character. It says everything about our character. Whatever they do with it, that's theirs. But am I willing to give anyways? That says something about me. What they do with it says something about them. That kind of convicted my heart when I saw that. What am I doing when I see the poor, the homeless? Something to pray about. 
to do something about. And this is the crazy part. Our wounds are healed by doing this. Our wounds are healed quickly by doing this. As I reach out more and more in love, faith, and hope, I'm healed. I'm able to receive more and more grace myself because I become more and more loved, more and more aware that I'm loved and how much I am. Who here has ever known anyone in AA or still in AA? Alcohol Anonymous? I have two uncles who, well, I guess one passed away, so I have one uncle. Uh, I think they're 30, he's 30 years sobriety, but um, he, uh, that, right, that cross, that cross that people bear, the sadness, the pain, the utter suffering that it is for everyone involved. And you would think that nothing good could come out of it. But God can make, this is a cool thing about God, God can make it better than if it never happened. He can make anything, anything, any pain, any wound, better than if it never happened. Because when we look at, you know, those suffering with that, they're isolated, they're by themselves. And we reach out and we reach out and we reach out. And eventually they come into a community. Grace breaks through and they come into a community. And now no longer are they isolated, but they're in a community. A community that supports them, that loves them. And through the 12 steps, they're able to apologize. They're able to come into freedom. And they're able to sponsor somebody else to come in. Better than if it never happened. If we push that to the ultimate extreme, that's the worst thing humanity has ever, ever done. Killed God's only son. Jesus. The worst thing that I have ever done, that we have ever done in our sin, is killed Jesus. God's only son. And in that death, he freely accepted it. In that death, Jesus conquered sin and death. And it led to the resurrection. And now we have life. More abundant. And 2,000 years later, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are still with us. And the Father still walking with us. The worst thing that we have ever done as a human being, human society, has become the best. It's one of my favorite phrases of the Easter Vigil. Oh, that it has, oh, happy fault of Adam that has won for us such a great Savior as Jesus. Is how we say it at Easter time. But that real sense of inner brokenness, inner woundedness, in when I don't feel it. This is the challenge. Jesus says we are salt and we are light. Which means even when I don't feel it, to reach out in love. 
reach out in peace, in faith, in hope. Because then we're healed. A sure way for our own healing is to enter into somebody else's misery. If we enter in and walk with somebody in their misery, we journey together to Jesus. Because no longer is it about me. It's about us getting to Jesus. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what we go around proclaiming. Jesus crucified so that we can have life. It's a super difficult thing. And Jesus kind of undercuts it here. He goes, if you're not salt, what worth are you? If you're not life, what worth are you? Right? It's nothing other than to be trampled underfoot. So if we're not actively doing this life, this is the challenge of Jesus. If we're not doing this, how do we do it? It is our identity, but how do we enter into it? How do we say, yes, that's my identity, and yes, that's what I'm going to do? Because if we don't, Jesus is telling us we're worthless, which we're not ultimately. But what good is it to put a light, put a bushel basket over it? So he's giving us our identity and yet challenging us to stay in our identity. But it's not a mission or a task that we can do by ourselves or attempt by ourselves. And that's why coming to Mass is super important. Because Jesus feeds us with his very self. God feeds us with his only Son. Food for the journey, grace abounding. See, this is the crazy part about us gathered here worshiping God. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. God is in no need of our praise. God has created our being, is creating our very being right now. He's creating the universe, the world. He's already doing that, and I haven't even asked him to. And me turning to him and saying, hey, thanks, it doesn't do anything for his glory. Who does it radically change? Myself. I'm changed. Because now I'm walking with God, the Creator. We're changed, or we, at least we should be, changed every weekend we come to worship God. It is right and just that we worship the Creator, God Himself. Gives us food for the journey gives us grace that we need for the weak. All those things. All those things. Prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. 
It changes us into seeing love and asking for love for others, which is who God is. So today, God's here for us. He always has been, always will be. We're salt and we're light. Let us ask for all the graces we need to be salt and light this week for the glory of our Heavenly Father.